All right. All right, what? Well, I think I'm, I mean, probably good. I'm good. They're good. I shared, they shared contacts. They're going to have to figure it out. The girls up there, they're big girls. They're going to figure it out. My daughter's going to see Taylor Swift tomorrow, Saturday. It's me. Hi. Don't, don't do that. That's going in the show. I'm the problem. It's me. All right. I've got a 19-year-old stepdaughter. She's going with her mother, though. So Taylor, I, Taylor I, Swift. I'm glad I don't have to. I'm a Swifty. I'm here for it. I'm all. I, I think she's I, super I pray, talented. Yeah, sure. It's She's fun. It's but fun. But I'm not sitting through that. Oh, I'm not going. I'm a concert guy, and I go to all the shows, yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to that one. I bet it'd be fun, though. I'm Maybe not going to go. Maybe sitting, <laughs> sitting in front. I don't know. Yeah. She's got. She's made like 100 bracelets. Oh, Saray has. And they got to like trade them. Mm. and um they're called swifties right like the they're called swifties yeah and it, they pass out they get amnesia they lose their mind yeah yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't know so that so so that's going on but anyway tell me tell you who the sleepy paramedic is don't know Tell me, tell you, who the sleepy paramedic is. Don't know. Yes, you do. But, I mean, <laughs> did you did you three days ago? Sixteen hours ago is when I. Uh, so I don't I don't have TikTok, um, but I discovered who Sleepy is. Sure. After his uh, there he, there was like an apology video and some controversy on some of the stuff he said. So, so I probably wouldn't bring this up for this show, but. The guy has a big following because he's got such a big following. He has a, he has a big impact. I mean, so if mm. he says this or says that, I mean, uh, up until a week ago, he had six, 600,000 people, this followers or whatever. Uh, and that's pretty good. Right. And so he's obviously got some, some level of talent for, for social media and stuff like that. I think he's got like 150,000 more. I don't, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, really give a shit but he's gonna lose a bunch of followers off of what he said but he's probably gonna gain a bunch of followers Maybe. also off what he said so 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 I, I i've never heard of the guy before uh -huh. but i do think that i've seen some of his tiktoks in the past and just didn't i didn't realize who who it was um but he he's so the guy the guy's name is is his name zach his name is zach and that's that's public information. I'm, so I'm not like doxing the dude or anything. But the dude lives in Tennessee. His name's Zach Crickenberger, um, and he's got um, a, a successful yeah. TikTok following where he tells. Um, that's the stupidest sounding thing. Which part? I've Cr got Crickenberger a, no, or I've Sleepy got a, Paramedic? No, TikTok following. Oh, like, TikTok. Following. What do you do? I'm a TikToker. I don't like, know, man. They make money. I, I have I, a TikTok and it's terrible. I have at least. Uh, I mean, I'm here. Thirteen followers. Okay. Um, it's just, it's what a, what a strange world we're in, right? right? I'm not, like you said, I'm not doxing the dude, but it's just what a, what a, what a strange, what a strange place we're in with social media being a place that you can make revenue. Right. But more to the point, at what point do you have a responsibility for like good journalism? Because previously, like as a, a, a journalist or a reporter, they had like, you know, this journalistic integrity. They had to be very conscious of what they were putting out into the world. And now mm. with, you know, YouTube and the same, a lot of the same platforms this is going to be on, right. do you have a responsibility hmm. for public perception? That's the Well, public question. perception, yeah. I don't think he has any journalistic responsibilities. I'm just saying because for pub he's public an perception. He's because he's, he's, it's for entertainment. Yeah. He, you know, he it's for 30 second view. Mm -hmm. uh, he says something funny. Um, I don't know if he really has much educational stuff on there. I think, I think he, he, he tells a lot of jokes, funny stories, uh, and people, people dig it. The dude yeah. seems like a nice guy. Um, uh, I, I, I thought I read somewhere that he worked for Vanderbilt children's transport or something like that. And they're like a premier. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Program. I mean, I heard that it was like, it was out of Vanderbilt and he did primarily pediatrics. Yeah. 
And so, you, you know, and it's funny. A lot of the stuff is very funny. I watched yeah. as much as I could because the, everything's been taken down. So, um, you, you know, to catch you up to speed, Len- Lennon, you got the, uh, the video. Don't, don't play it, but just go ahead and just go ahead and pull, pull it up, pull it up on the screen there that, um, that first one. So th- this is him again. The guy's name is Zach and he, he does a lot of videos that look like this format where he's sitting in a car or, so he's uh, answering a question that somebody asked him. Is that what that means? I, yeah. So what is a moment it took everything you had not to laugh at a patient? And so, you know, he, again, he's got a, a ton of EMS followers and, and even other people. And we'll get into the croissant thing. He's got he's got this croissant. He, he kind of created the whole croissant warrior psycho. Thing. I think it's croissant. <sighs> anyway, so he... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so he posted this video sometime sometime last week, and he, in reply to whoever this person's comment is of asking him, "What's a moment that it took everything you had to not laugh at a patient?" Um, and so he posted this video, and this vid- what we're looking at here is a repost because he's taken the original video down, but it's not very long; it's like ninety seconds long. But we'll go ahead and play it. Let him let him go ahead and play that, buddy. Offended, keep I'm here to weigh in on if you're easily offended, keep scrolling. Please don't watch this video. I'm not joking. This is not nice. Understand that all first responders have a really fucked up dark sense of humor. If not you're true. still here, all right, here we go. My partner and I had responded to a call for someone who passed away. When we got there, the entire family was standing out in the yard. They were grieving as you would expect them to. When we got inside, we I, I think we make assumptions in EMS, and we're going to talk a lot about it in a minute. But the thing that sticks with me the most in this entire video, even though, even if you even if you haven't even seen the rest of it, is him saying that we all have a fucked up sense of humor, and I feel like that's group thought at its best of, of making the biggest assumption in the world that we all have a fucked up sense of humor. But no, keep keeping that in mind. See what, let's see what he has to say. Go ahead, Len. We found the deceased person in the back bedroom, and this person was three foot tall. Not a child, but a dwarf. And everyone at our service had always said, you know what? You never find a deceased dwarf. We really think they're immortal. You just, they never get sick. They never call 911. We've never seen one. It's kind of weird. I've never ran into a dwarf in 12 years of doing this job until this day. Anyway, we were very professional. We went and told the family, we're sorry. They're deceased. There's nothing that we can do. These are the next steps we're going to follow. We're going to wait for the coroner to show up. I'm in the passenger seat where no one can see me. My partner is in the driver's seat and in full view of the family. And of course, they're all staring towards us because someone just passed away they dialed 911 they're all looking at us making eye contact with my partner let me preface this next part by saying that yes i am aware that i'm an asshole but it was really really funny knowing full well that we had to keep a straight face and knowing full well that the patient's family could see him i played this song on my phone oh, no. while staring at him like this I am not proud of my actions that day, but anybody who does this job knows that you never pass up on an opportunity to fuck with your partner, especially when it's an opportunity that rare. Wow. Wow. So um, this struck a chord uh, with a lot of people, but it really struck a chord with the little person community. Um, And so there was a – we'll look at it in a second – where there were some – some other TikTok influencers and, 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 and folks who, who called, obviously, obviously called him out. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously they took the stance of, you know, they're upset because they're, he's making fun of a little person. Um, but I think there's, I think there's a bigger issue there. What's, what, what's, your, what's the first thing you think of when you see that video? Well, I mean, it's fucking, it's stupid, right? Um, <clears throat> I have a unique sense of humor. Uh, and I've certainly laughed at jokes that are inappropriate. You got to know your audience, though, and putting this thing out for it. Like, is this is this station talk? Is that appropriate, you know, to even talk about at the station? But putting it out for everybody to see is, is probably pretty unwise. And um, well, it sounds the, like it went to the point that he's started getting death threats. It's true. So... Let, let, let's see what the pull pull up that Aubrey one 
my main. Um, if you are easily offended, keep scrolling. Please oh, don't, I don't watch see this video. If you are easily offended, keep scrolling. Is this it? So this is uh, Aubrey. That can't be his real name, Aubrey Smalls. Maybe that's just that's just a screen name. But is it Aubrey Smalls? If you are easily offended, keep scrolling. It's kind of hard to see. Please don't watch this video. I'm not joking. Yeah. This is not nice. Bring it to him, Aubrey. was making fun of a little person that had passed away at his job. Understand that all first responders have a really fucked up dark sense of humor. First of all, before I started, I wanted to say I have a lot of respect for first responders and nurses, um, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs. Thank you for I my service. I think you guys do incredible work. Oh, you're welcome. And see incredibly traumatizing and heartbreaking things. So I, my heart goes out. This is certainly not cat up there. saying that people can't have ways to cope. I just think that making fun of a deceased little person in front of their family um, to your 600,000 followers is just not a great way to cope. I don't I don't disagree with that. So, so, so go, go back like 10 seconds, Lennon. Because hey, we're... Go ahead, play that. Incredible work every single day. And Listen to this. Incredibly traumatizing and heartbreaking things. So I, my heart goes out. This is certainly not saying that people can't have ways to cope. I just think that making fun of a deceased little person in front of their family... Um, to your 600,000 followers is just not a great way to cope with that trauma. So, yeah, it's, it's Aubrey Smalls, and this dude uh, calls him out right away and says, you know, I, I demand an apology or request an apology, a public mm -hmm. apology. Um, and it, it caused quite, quite an uproar. Which and part, that he's demanding an apology or that? the sleepy dude even said any of the stuff in the to begin with that the, that that people started calling the sleepy paramedic guy out oh, yeah, yeah. um the death threats that you said and um cuz he's so, got a he's got a big following too i think so yeah and so there was there was a lot of doxing going on and i think people were were getting a hold of the sleepy guys you know, work and his and his wife maybe mm -hmm. and and death threats and emails and messages, which has got to be scary and is, is wrong and is is fucking stupid. Also, yeah, um, you know that people would would do such a thing, but it all happened so quickly. You know, in the span of one or one or two days, um, and the guy, I I'm pretty sure he had hundreds of videos up and he had a huge following and he deleted all of them and. He did put up an apology, put that in quotes, an, ap an apology video, which has since been deleted. And now the only video there is like this uh, paid partnership promotion video. I think video. The, uh, whole, the whole doxing, cancel culture, all that stuff, I hate it. I mm -hmm. hate all of it. Yeah, me too. Um, the, I heard a saying a while back that said like uh, you, you can't control – what offensive comments somebody makes, but you can control if you are offended or whatever, like just scroll past what, what it does show me with the sleepy guy is mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't be buddies. He, he's, he just strikes me as kind of a dumbass uh, who made a stupid joke. He seems to me to be kind of the run of the mill, you know, kind of a mediocre medic that makes these self-deprecating jokes. And, and I, for one, want to say that he does not speak for me when he says that we all have a fucked up sense of humor and this is how we all do it. Yeah, dude, we make some stupid jokes. We cope some silly ways sometimes. But the last thing I would ever do is is something to make a patient or a family member feel excluded or marginalized or or hurt in a moment that they're looking for our help right, right. i mean this is well what it would yeah and i agree 100% and what and what i think that is so unique about this this case is that or the, or this incident is that it's not really about the the little people and i'm making sure i say that right um, and i will say that before this i thought the word midget was the wrong word and that dwarfism or dwarf was the right word, but I guess the condition is dwarfism. And when you're identifying them, you're identifying them as a little person. Right. So like right? the, the respectable terms for all these things now, and which is kind of something that I picked apart in Aubrey's here's video is that you don't call somebody by what they have. Mm. Right. So like, it's not a dwarf, it's a person with dwarfism or it's not a, um, it's, 
what, what, what you can pick your flavor on it. But in the same token, what he says is he starts calling people autistic, but shouldn't he be saying a person with autism? So like, it's kind of like these are such right, right. weird rules that are all coming up around right now where we have to walk on eggshells not to offend people at every right. turn. I'm not saying that what he said about, you know, making the joke about the dead little person is okay. I'm just saying that I, I don't want to walk on eggshells constantly trying to not offend somebody accidentally. Oh, sure. Because if I offend somebody accidentally, it gives the opportunity for somebody else to call me out and, and say that I'm not being inclusive right, enough. Right. And then I'm automatically put on the outside or it's yeah. still just an opportunity to learn because when i watched this i didn't understand what i didn't understand the issue of calling somebody a dwarf i thought i i know that i would have made that mistake mm -hmm. I, because i have read certain places that we're certainly not going to call them a midget that's it used to be a term and sure. now it's considered more derogatory and i thought dwarf was the right term until i watched um, Aubrey's video yeah. and kind of went down this rabbit hole and okay the condition is dwarfism he identify them as little people but I don't think that that has that that is three percent that is one percent <laughs> yeah. of the issue yeah <clears throat> with what this with what the sleepy paramedic guy said and with why it is that people are mad I don't think people are flipping out and even this dude Aubrey I don't think even he's flipping out necessarily. No, it, it's about kind of a teaching moment. But what, the point I was kind of getting into is like, we shouldn't call it like, and I completely agree. You shouldn't say, you shouldn't call somebody a dwarf. It's like you said, it's a perfect person right, who right. has a diagnosis of dwarfism. That is the medical condition they have. But in the same instance, like, I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just, um, Sure. But the, but the, the, so, so I went down this rabbit hole and I wanted to learn who the sleepy paramedic guy is, what the issue is and, and, and what his now 750,000 or however many followers he has, what, like, what did they think? So, um, you know, scoured social media and, and Dude, I and, went down and, that rabbit hole and, too. And there was a, there's a big them. Reddit forum on it or uh -huh. thread, um, and you'd be surprised how many people. I mean, you'd be surprised, but a lot of people. You'd be surprised how many people are are supporting him, and they use. Uh, um, and this is why I wanted to make this episode. Why I wanted you and I to talk about it is they use the same argument over and over again. Of they don't know what we go through, and this is the way he's coping. This is the way we cope. We're all fucked no, in the head. That's excuses. They're that's an excuse to for inappropriate behavior. Right, but they say it. I, I, but, I get right. It. And so, but that's still such a small population of it because if you look, if you read the Reddit thread, the different Reddit threads, there's kind of a different scorecard, if you will, on supporters and opposers mm -hmm. than if you go to Facebook. It seemed to me that there were more people on Facebook that were in support of the sleepy paramedic and right. less in opposition. And that could have been the pages that I was on. Right. It, yeah, it could be. It's it's hard. It's hard to. But if you go to Twitter, there were much oh, I more. Didn't, I didn't even go to Twitter. There were much more in opposition. Yeah. I mean, I did this this morning. Whenever I found out we were going to kind of try and talk about this a little bit, I, I wanted to see what I could find out about him. And what I feel like I found out about the sleepy paramedic is he's not very good at comedy. So he's he tries to just do inappropriate wild stuff that mm -hmm. gets a rise because there are plenty of other like satire fire slash paramedic pages that right. are really funny and sure. aren't doing this kind of stuff. Well, well, sure. And and so the, the more and more I looked at it and the more I compared some of the things that they say th these people were saying to um, the students that I've had and the people that I've worked with in the past. And and I just don't think that. Um, I don't think that EMS does a good job, and we already know this, that we do a poor job of representing ourselves compared to other professions. That I, I don't think that a lot of EMS folk, EMTs and paramedics in the United States realize just how high regard the public puts us. When they, we're, we're one of the top trusted professions with nurses and physicians and pilots and firefighters. Um, and, and, and the public doesn't look at you as a person. 
They look at you as help. They look at you as when I have an emergency, I'm dialing these three numbers. You're never meeting them on a good day. And these people are going to show up to my house and save me, save my loved one uh, or whatever. And and I'm going to put them, you know, you know, uh, uh, up, up, on, up on this pedestal. And so people have this expectation. The public has this expectation that whoever shows up to their door is going to be the cream of the crop. And we all know that they're not always going to get the cream of the crop. We know you got to know that there's idiot pilots that work for Delta Airlines, right? But we don't expect that. We expect that we're going to get a great pilot every time that we get on that plane and we're going to get to the other end and and they're going to maintain professionalism. They're not going to make fun of us. They're not going to. Uh, they're not going to do any of these things. And they feel the same way about an EMT sure. and, a, and a paramedic. And then they feel the same way that when they get to the hospital, that the nurses, that the doctors, uh-huh. that everybody in that hospital is is held to a higher regard. And and when we make a joke like this, especially on a on a public forum, there is no way that you can, that the sleepy paramedic can guy can get this guy Aubrey to get that joke. There's no you, way. You're, you're right. The the what I would speak to that the problem or kind of the gray area that we've ran into is what he has what he has said here, how he feels, um, speaks really nothing to the quality of his medicine or his practice. He could be the best technical paramedic there is around. But what it does show now is that he has a serious lack of empathy Mm -hmm. for his patients, or in this case, the family of his patients, treating uh, this dead person with dignity and respect. So he could have, he could run the best calls and be the best technically sound, great paramedic there is. But do you have a responsibility for an empathetic, um, kind, You know, you are you're providing a service to people and it doesn't always have to involve putting a tourniquet on a bleeding extremity. Sure. And so when 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 we teach paramedics these days, if you have a, a really, really good paramedic program in the United States or most of the big programs across the world, it's. The, the, the skills that paramedics do of getting an IV or medication administration or intubating, these are not difficult skills. It's everything else that goes with it, when to intubate, when to give this medicine, when not to give this medicine, when not to intubate. These are all mm-hmm. difficult, critical thinking, critical thinking skills, right? And the profession has, has really embraced that over, over the last five years in the United States, in my opinion. Uh, with accreditation and a couple other things, really moving the profession forward. And there's been a lot of research around the world that has, um, you know, really started to have an, an impact on things. And really in the United States, only in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years have we really got into trying, which we're not doing a good job of because it's so difficult to do, but trying to teach these certain soft skills to our students that have nothing to do with clinical decision making or actual skills like maintaining integrity and ha- being accountable for your actions and being empathetic, mm. being compassionate, being mm. respectful, being safe. These are all um, uh, attributes of a profession that we're just now, I say just now, really over the last 10, 15 years, trying to implement into our programs and we're not doing a good job. And I don't necessarily know if I blame all of the educators because do we as educators, I mean, we were both educators, have all the proper tools to teach our students how to be compassionate? Well, no, I don't think so. And I think that me prior to being an educator, just being a, you know, just a full-time clinician, I wasn't given those tools. No way. Right? And so... I don't fault the way that people like I don't mind people making these jokes. If I walked that joke that Sleepy made, if I walked into the station and he was saying that, I really wouldn't have a problem with it, honestly. Like from from what from my perspective, mm-hmm. 
I've been around hundreds of those jokes. The problem that I have is that you, you have to do it within your tribe, right? Um, and not out to the general public. But, but, I, but I think people well, have a false sense of what their tribe is. They think mm-hmm. that because people, you guys have all. I don't think I, that he cares who's seen that. He just wanted as many right. people as possible to see it. And if you say something incredibly well, pre- fucked yeah. up, which he prefaced it, if you say something incredibly fucked up, you're going to get people to share it that agree with you and disagree with you. And 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 mm-hmm. no press or you know, bad no. What is it? Bad press is. What's the fucking saying? Why no, can't I think? All, of that? all press. Is all good press, press is good press, right? right? Like no such thing as bad press. Um. I just think I had a fucking stroke just then. But like, I don't think that he cares who sees it. And it kind of goes back to the comedy thing that I was mentioning ago. Like, I don't like comedy where people just try and say as fucked up thing as possible. And it, it feels like that's kind of where it's going. Everybody's just pushing the envelope a little bit more. Let's just do mm-hmm. a, let's do something a little bit more risque that's just just on the edge and now i'm this wild guy that does things on the fringe and it's it's some it's kind of self-deprecating and i I just don't think it's funny well sure and 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 and, you know this this is a research my my channel is all about is trying to be as objective as possible and 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 research-based research is cool Visit the website, buy a shirt. I just wonder too. But anyway, but but and we're going to talk about a little bit of of research in a minute. But when it when it comes to, you're 100 percent right that he, by him telling that joke, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad dude or he's a bad paramedic. No, it shows me that he has a complete lack of empathy. That he has an inability to look at a patient that he cannot relate to and still care. Yeah. Maybe he can be sympathetic if he sees something that he can relate to. He can understand and be upset about it. But if it's something that he can't relate to, mm-hmm. like a little person who's dead and their family, the only way that he knows how to cope with dealing with that is is dark humor. And there's a lot of people in the EMS community that seem to support that and think that, well, because so many people also have fucked up dark yeah. humor, that, that, was, this, that, is, that this is okay. Yeah, so the point I was I was getting ready to say, like, when I mentioned a minute ago, like, you walk into the day room or the, at the station and you see that, you hear that joke, like, I wouldn't be offended, but should that joke be told in no. front of new people? It, should, it shouldn't be told in the station at all. Yeah. It shouldn't even be told... At all, because it's it's sending the message that that person has a lack of empathy. I'm going to give you an example, because like I said, these are not things that people are taught well um, or taught at all in school. And this has been researched heavily with physicians Mm -hmm. around the world and bedside manner and how important it is to care about your patients and and be empathetic. but I remember back when I when I was a firefighter in Florida, and um, it was an early morning call, five six a.m. Right, you're an hour away, hour or two away from shift change. You got dispatched to a cardiac arrest. I was on a transport unit, and there was an engine that was showing up, and the the uh, the engine was a neighboring department. It was Cedar Hammock Fire Department, is super cool department uh, down in uh, Southern Florida, um, and it was a cardiac arrest, and I was the paramedic in charge. We use the term charge paramedic at that place. And so I was the charge paramedic. And as we were walking into this apartment, um, again, that we had been dispatched to a, a cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I and, and all you of the pre-arrival the, yeah. is telling me that this is definitely a, mm-hmm. a, a cardiac arrest. And this was, this was 15, 14 years ago. So I, this is now my 20th year in EMS. So this was 14, 15 years ago. So it was, I, was, I had only been a paramedic for four, four or five years at this point. And as I'm walking like into the hallway, it's me and my, me and my, my, my partner on the ambulance. And we're walking into this hallway and the engine crew, which has four firefighters mm-hmm. on it, is walking towards me. They're about 10 feet away. And out of the corner of my eye over here, as I'm walking into this hallway, this, this obviously a neighbor of some sort is frantically jogging over to me. She's, you know, in her forties or fifties, she's jogging over and, um, she's, Oh, what's going, you know, she's very upset. And you, you've probably seen that on, on calls before. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I'm going to a serious call and I'm really, really young. I've only been doing this a couple of years and I kind of get into this Ace Ventura mode or something like that. Yeah, I usually say like shark attack. And and I said, and I'll tell you exactly the way (laughs) I said it. As soon as she got to me, I said, now, ma'am, I'm going to need you to stop right there. And and I said that to her. <laughs> and the one of the firefighters nudged me into the hall, and, his, and another firefighter kept her outside. As soon as we got in the hall, the firefighter slammed me into the wall and pushed me through the drywall. Yeah. And I broke a hole in the hallway of this apartment uh-huh. complex. Yeah. And then had to proceed to walk in there and run this cardiac arrest. Uh-huh. And, and, and we did transport and we, we worked a patient and took him to the hospital. And for that moment, I know it's so embarrassing. That moment, it changed my life. It categorically changed everything about who I am related to being a paramedic because yeah. I had spent so much time the first three, four, five years of my career being a wise ass. Or, and making a joke about every single thing that I mm-hmm. did. And mostly because the people around me did that. They would make jokes. If we yeah. ran a, a joke on a dwarf, they would do something like what this guy did. Person with dwarfism. Uh, what person, I, a, a little person yeah. who has dwarfism. What I love, yeah. though, and what we need more of is guys like that, probably senior firefighter, to call out bad behavior. Oh, absolutely. You're a hundred percent right. And, 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 and we, me and my partner went to go over to the, that station after the, we dropped the patient off and it was not good. It was a bad decision of mine to go to that station (laughs) um, because this guy just wanted to kick the hell out of me. And I never followed up with him. And, and, and if he's watching, you know, in Cedar Hammock, which is a really, really good department, um, I can I can certainly tell you that that dude, that moment, changed your practice, it changed everything yeah. because it made me think, this is this this sh- this isn't a joke. Mm. This is this isn't how I deal with the shit that's going on. This is this is real. There are ways to cope. This this is this is um um it, it is no excuse for me to say, well, man, I see fucked up shit every day, so. Y'all just, this is how I yeah, cope. Right, right. And if you don't understand no, that, that's your problem. Right. That's an excuse. And I under, and I do understand the, it's, it's an emergency, but it's not my emergency mentality, right? Because you do kind of get callous to this operational tempo that we have on it. But there's a difference in, there's a, there's a total difference in running a major level one trauma and then immediately going and enjoying a meal mm-hmm. and running a major level one trauma and then making morbid dehumanizing jokes about your patients. Those are two Absolutely. different things. And, 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 and the thing that I hope that happens for this guy, because he, he seems younger, he, he speaks so well. He, if, he works, if he truly works for Vanderbilt, like I said, it seems like a premier program where they're pushing the the limits of oh, clinical decision. We just we just flew a patient to Vanderbilt a couple weeks right. ago. It's an incredible university. And so what I hope is maybe this is the moment, his defining moment of what what have I done? Yeah. It, this what well, what am I what am I joking about? So the link that you sent me that had the Aubrey video, did you scroll down a little bit more and see that there was another video from another little person? The one who kind of looks like Peter Dinklage. There was a guy who looks just like Peter. This was, this was a young woman. Oh, no, I didn't see it. Who she said that she has a a child who is also a little person who regularly is a patient at the hospital that this guy works for. Right. And so she doesn't. So now you, how do you have faith in that? So I have, I have a special needs child, right? mm -hmm. And, and I had an episode. 10 years ago where he had an aspiration event and had a cardiac arrest. And when these two, this paramedic and EMT showed up, they kept trying to tell me that he had a seizure. Mm-hmm. Very clearly he had not at that time, but I had lost all faith in every single person at this ambulance service at that time. So I kind of understand where she's coming from. 
uh, in the sense that once again, though, I don't know what kind of clinician he is. He could be the best paramedic ever, but what he has just told me and the rest of the world is he lacks all empathy for his patients, right. which is going to have a, an effect and, or and, an and outcome it, for your patients. It absolutely, it, 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 it absolutely does. So Lennon, pull up, um, pull up that, that, uh, that number five. And so again, this is a, this is a research-based channel, man. And so we're here, I'm, I'm not here to, my, my opinion really means nothing except Read a little the abstract a, and the conclusion, a little bit to my son, but he's getting to the point where he doesn't care about my opinion either. And so my opinion really doesn't mean anything, yeah, yeah. but the research and the, and the data and the science does. So there there's, there's a couple research articles here that I don't think that a lot of paramedics probably, probably know about, uh, because it's hard to see. And a lot of it, most of it was done overseas or in another country. Uh, one of these, <clears throat> That we're going to look at though uh, was was done in Texas during during COVID, which is which is um, pretty good. But this one right here, this is um, you know out of Melbourne, Australia, uh, with the uh, uh, Professor Williams, who's uh, obviously a superstar and everything like that. But when you look at the purpose of this, we're talking about homelessness in a, homelessness in Australia, uh, and looking at the interaction um, with homeless and the empathetic attitudes of the providers that are that are that are taking care of them. And so this particular case they're studying paramedic students empathetic attitudes towards homelessness. So it's a mixed methods meaning it's 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 got a whole quantitative section to it but it's also got a qualitative uh portion of it. And so without getting too far into it, you can look at the results here that say that the results of this study demonstrate that through participation in a project involving experience and so experience the words that they're using of experiential meaning mm -hmm. clinical meaning mm -hmm. you know like paramedics go to clinicals they do the er they do the icu but in this case they did homeless centers or crisis centers mm -hmm. places like that um that their experiential learning with homeless population paramedic students were able to show a greater level of empathy towards the homeless um that their empathy level was able to be increased by just by just by attending exposure to it. certain clinicals. Now, this is mm -hmm. the way research works, man. It's mm -hmm. it's one little bit at a time. Sure. Right. You can't answer 27 questions. You can only answer one. And so in this one is this telling you that can you increase the empathy of a paramedic student? You can. Specific to Specifically this. Specifically to, to homeless people. Right. OK. So letting go, go to the next one up there to. Um, to number num number two. All right. So this is in the journal Journal of Paramedic Practice. Um, I don't know all of these authors on here, but I certainly know um, uh, Professor Alan Bat there, who was a, a a colleague of mine at Monash University. And so this is a this is a Canadian study, um, and it's also looking at paramedic empathy levels, but it goes a little bit deeper. Scroll all the way down to page four. There, that okay. starts it. And so it talks about it talks about the empathy and paramedic overall. We don't really understand it. Um, but citing the previous studies that I already showed you that paramedic students have different empathy levels towards certain patient present, uh, patient presentations. Um, so they're talking about like empathy fatigue. Cause it says here that the, some evidence suggests that paramedic students have variable levels of empathy. Uh, their empathy levels decline over time as they progress through their education. Now, is that because they're, they're, they're lacking empathy for, for their patients, or are they now just being influenced by senior burnout? Yeah, well, there, well, there's a lot of them, and so it's it's certainly showing that these paramedic students that their empathy declined over their time uh, in, in paramedic school, but it also confirmed that the females had higher levels of empathy um, than the males, and that paramedic programs should be focusing more on improving um, empathy. But go to go to, the the one that I think is the best is is um, Go go to the fourth one up there. It says coping mechanism. You should link all of these um, these articles uh, on the page or whatever, so that people can yeah read them all. Okay, and so I don't know who these who these authors are, um, but this is uh, you know through Texas Women's University is who their affiliations are, uh, but it was out of Texas and um, related specifically uh, to EMS personnel during during COVID nineteen. It was published in the Australasian Journal of Paramedicine. Um, and it looked at the empathy and coping strategies during COVID. And they found that those who had more organizational support from leadership, from management, um, and 
not just those, but also those who deferred most of their coping to their religious faith had higher levels of compassion when it came to their patients. But the thing is, the, the thing that just makes it, the, the, these these last couple lines just tie exactly into this, this sleepy paramedic like there's no tomorrow. The most significant predictors of burnout were two different coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Those who relied more heavily on behavioral disengagement, meaning where they're just checked out, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so those people who relied on behavioral uh, disengagement and those who employed humor yeah. as a coping mechanism displayed average increased levels of burnout. So and the, so what is that telling us? The humor in itself doesn't help anything. It's making it worse. It's make, it, it absolutely is. It's leading to you're, you're disengaging from your patient population. It ruins your ability to be empathetic. And the longer and longer that you you that that you cope in the way that the sleepy paramedic does by uh playing the lollipop guild in 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 front of the patient's family because you think that it's funny and you think that you're not going to pass up on a chance to fuck with your partner as he said the more you do that the more detached you're coming from taking yeah. care of those patients in the first place and the research shows that in all professions, it is and is now starting to show it in in paramedicine as well. So the people out there who say, you know, y'all don't understand what the shit we go through, that's not true. I understand, you understand, the science understands, but the way that we cope with it, and I don't blame, I don't blame the average paramedic and EMT out there for coping with dark humor. Because what tools have they had to deal to to well, do otherwise? I mean, I in the same token, I don't buy that as many people say that they're okay with the dark humor are actually okay with it. I think that there's a large majority that pretend to not have empathy so that they're not excluded from the others. But secretly, they all do have empathy. They just don't want to show it. It's kind of it goes back to the I don't want to show that I have that I'm sad or that I have feelings or that this impacted me in a negative way mm-hmm. related to like uh, stress uh, debriefing and trauma and stuff like that. Nobody wants to admit that they that they do feel those things. Right. And I'm here to say that you have to have empathy for your patients to have these positive outcomes. Like Absol- it's, absolutely. it's very important. And and the whole point of what I just said, uh, going all the way around the block, is that I don't think that there are as many people that are disengaged as they want others to believe that they are. Sure. Or, or yeah, or they, they just, they just don't know. They, they, it, it's, it's that, that cognitive dissonance of the human brain. They, they are just going forward and, so many times when humans don't understand something, they just they they fill in the gaps themselves mm-hmm. and they're filling it in with humor. And there is research out there to show how to improve empathy. And the number one way to do it is by simulation and by experiential learning. The more that you more time that you spend with those things that those people or those groups or those situations that you're making fun of, the less likely you are. Uh, to show a, a terribly disrespectful joke like that. If that guy had a whole family of little people in, in his family, you think he would have made that joke? Well, there, I, there's there's no way. Would you ever make mm. a joke about a special needs kid in a million years? Would you ever do that? Maybe you would have 20 years ago. Sure. Because you wouldn't have known. Well, I, I don't think that I don't think that the sleepy paramedic was targeting the little person. It no. was oh, no. it was just an opportunity to play the the lollipop guild. And he probably would have made some stupid joke, no matter who the the signal 30 was or, or the, who the dead person was. But you're right. It's not offensive to you until it hits you personally. Right. right. You, right. whether it, it, it affects you or a family member or somebody you care about. Um, that's a great point. Like, and, and, and I've seen plenty of people try to say, well, the, you don't, we're, we're overworked, we're underpaid, we're understaffed. And 
if this is the way this guy deals with it, this is the way this guy deals with it. I don't think that's the good enough answer. First of all, the, the, the leadership of these organizations has to start offering ways to improve people's empathy. Mm. We, the, the research is clear. It's clear that when you don't have empathy, it leads to burnout, which leads to shitty patient care and a reduction of the workforce, which is just this never-ending cycle. People need to go to work mm. and they need to enjoy their job. So a lot of that starts with that organizational support and, and and leadership. But we also, at least here in the United States, we we work off of an economy that is based off the philosophy of supply and demand. If you don't want to work at that job, don't work there. Nobody is forcing anybody to work 100 hours a week. And if you say, well, I have to work 100 hours a week, to support my family. That's not true. You're choosing to do that. If you want to go work somewhere else and you could go work at the car dealership and make a hundred grand a year selling cars, but that's probably not what you want to do. You want to work in this career field. You want to help people. You want to further yourself. You want to come home and say that you've done good with your day. Um, and, 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 and I believe in all that, but it's still something that you're choosing to do. And it kind of a, a, an example that, that I've told people over the years is, you know, you look at um, that, that it's all about expectations. These people go to work and they expect that they're going to work 24 hours, run one shooting at like 7 p.m. and a good STEMI at 1 p.m. and then they're going to sleep through the night. And that, and that their, 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 their management is going to support them and, and, and they're going to get paid $72 an hour to do it. Well, that's not the case. You're probably yeah. going to get paid $15 an hour or $20 an hour and people are going to be mean to you and you're going to run 12 transfers in between there and dumb 911 calls that you don't support. Your boss is going to be a dick to you and maybe you got to work 48 hours or you choose to sign up for a 48-hour shift. That's the reality of the situation. And if you put yourself in that situation, you can't be mad when right. then all these things happen and then now you don't like your job. And like, I think, you, you know, that show, um, what's that show with, uh, we're on the boat up in, up in Alaska. Like the and, fishing. The, and they're, 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 they're fishing for crab. Yeah. What's the name of that show? I don't know. What's the name of that show? Lemon. Alaska crab fisherman. No. Deep. Deadliest catch. That's what I said. So you watch that show, and I'm hooked. I've been hooked on that show. That show's been out for 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 you whatever. Sounds like you're a big fan. The, I, I'm super fan. So these guys, <laughs> especially the new people, they fly out to the worst environment known to man, where you got 50, 50 foot seas. It's twenty degrees outside. The boat is moving fifty feet up and down every two seconds. You're the low man on the totem pole mm. and your boss is going to expect you to work and stay up doing the extremely physically demanding and dangerous Calm. shit for like three days straight. Right. Right. That sounds like hell to me. Mm. Like I, there's, I don't know if you could pay me enough money to go and do that. And the new people don't make that much money to go and do that. And then they got to do that for three, four weeks at a time out at sea. Mm. Right. Yeah. But those guys want to do that. That's their job. They love doing what they do. They enjoy it. And, and maybe they come home and bitch about some things as well. But that's their choice. Yeah, and that's what I wouldn't sure. last two seconds on that goddamn but I boat. used to say that as a full-time paramedic before I had finally had enough and went back to school and jumped ship is that no. I could run 90 bullshit calls and then I would run one like really good call where I actually got to help somebody or ran a STEMI or a you know, bad mm. trauma or something that I got to like, I think it all comes down to, we have these skills and we have this knowledge and we want to use them. And so when we don't get the opportunity to, or we run all these, these low acuity calls or transfers or whatever, like we have to find ways to occupy our mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with what he said if he was just a comic, but he's not. He's still right. a functioning paramedic. He's representing. He's still us. representing a paramedic. Even if he was a former paramedic who is now a comic and said, oh, back when I did this, and he was, and he's making a joke about it. But he's saying that 
he is going to continue his practice because what, I didn't see the apology, but I, I can only imagine the apology is maybe he learned something from it, but it's mostly he mm-hmm. has been called out on his bad behavior. Just like you got shoved through that fucking wall. At that time, right at that, that time, you probably didn't even realize the gravity of what you had done. No. At that time, somebody called it out. Right. right. It was only later that you were like, man, that actually is probably pretty fucked up. Right. Absolutely. And so I don't have, like I said, I don't have a problem with if he was a comedian. Making that joke from an outsider. Mm. is fine but he's still a practicing paramedic and he's representing all of us and he's representing the department everybody it sounds like plenty of people know where he works so Mm -hmm. it's no secret so now is that like is he going to face backlash from an organizational standpoint like is he going to lose his job I I hope not because it it can be a learning experience we all have just just like mine was a learning experience I I wish what do you do in aviation and there there's so when there's like an accident investigation there's a is this teachable is it is it egregious well what is that it would would go back to whether or not he works in a just culture did he make a bad decision or was he reckless right right. I would say it's a bad decision yeah and bad decision is is, is a mistake that requires coaching Mm. and remediation and like look man Let's 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 work on how. There's probably a fair yeah. argument that could be said though that would he have made that same comment like this isn't is it specific to little people and and using the term dwarf I don't mm-hmm. think that him using the term dwarf is the biggest problem in the in what he did the biggest problem is his lack of empathy for family members that are watching what is going on. Right, right in front that's of them. the That's the problem. So if he did it for an obese person or if he did it for somebody with Down's syndrome or if he, you know what I'm saying, if he did it for a double amputee, like he would right, have made right. it because in his words, he said, you never pass up an opportunity to fuck with your partner. Right. So is it a teachable moment? And he even said at the, at the beginning, like, you're not going to like this. You're going to hate this. If you, you He kind of put a disclaimer on it. You know, and, and, and I guess I applaud him for having the balls to say that at the beginning. No, um, I don't. But, I, because but, but really, really what, what stresses me out about the whole thing is, it, it's, it's, again, it's not so much, it's not so much the, the, of what he did. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the people that are trying to justify why he did it. No, He, okay. he yeah, made yeah, this mistake. Yeah. And everybody's saying, which this is, ex- is, this is, if you want paramedics, oh, you're also going to have to deal with dark right. humor. Like right. if you want us, this is this is a full package, baby. Like, right. And I don't support that. I agree. I, I, agree I don't with think you. that I don't, the, I, I don't, you know, if, if the pilot of the airplane that I'm going to take on Southwest Airlines uh, flying to New York in a couple of weeks, if that pilot is making jokes like that, just because I don't hear it, I still don't think he should be a pilot. Hmm. I think he should take his job a hundred, his or her job a hundred percent seriously. Yeah, and he should care about every person that's on that that aircraft. And and I look at it the same way with our patients. You don't have to like your patient, mm-hmm. but you do have to care. And when you make fun of somebody, especially um, in, in in such a disrespectful manner, where their family is watching. And they mm. don't know what's I going bet they on. Fire him! I bet that, that he gets fired. That that it's unacceptable. And I'm not going to take the cop out. That well, he's overworked. He's underpaid. Yeah. We see fucked up shit. This is how we deal with it. That's right. not an excuse. I, no, I, I completely agree with it. I'll bet wherever he works has a mission statement and some values, and all they're going to have. And it's a very high profile thing right now. At his own behest, he he has created. Nobody forced him to be a social media influencer. So this is kind of part of the territory. It's new territory. But he has elected to put himself out there into the public like that. And he goes through in front of an HR board and they're going to say, our mission or our core values are this, 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 and this. And you didn't follow any of them. And Mm -hmm. now you've brought a bad light onto our hospital. I'll bet that he gets fired from whatever service he's at. It could could be. And- I'm not would, saying I, I agree I with would, it. I'm I just would saying be that, more supportive if mm-hmm. I would, and, and just no. Obviously, I don't know the dude or or the organization that he works mm-hmm. for. But if 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 I was in charge, I would look at this and also based on how his quote unquote apology video came across, I would look at this as a, as a teachable moment because he he's younger, 
he's made this mistake and whether or not he can be he can be remediated to learn mm. about the effect that something like this has even if you're doing it behind closed doors if you truly think that it's funny what you did we need to we 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 need to um introduce you to a world of of a different patient population and let you see how they think whether or not they think that's funny and the more time that you spend with them um you will learn that that's that they don't think that it's funny and if they don't think that it's funny then it's not funny at all and it's only funny to you because you're coping because you don't have any other skills what can we do as an organization to improve your ability to cope do we need to once you run a call like that you know certain organizations take people out of service or they uh, buy them lunch or something like that and well you just ran the work and i've worked at places like that who've come up mm-hmm. to me and said you know I, th- I think you need to go you need to go home because you just ran you, you know a call that was so shitty i haven't or like the places that i've worked they, they put you right back in serve like i don't i don't feel even that, no. that there's enough support for that because calls are holding Right, go get in service, and 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 holding. that's where the ownership has to come from the from the leadership of these organizations. And mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know specifically about his organization, um, but you know I've had you know I was at an organization back in Florida. Listen to this bullshit story. I I was at I was at a station, uh, and I'm not going to say the names of this one because somebody could probably tie this back to an actual story. Uh, but I know that I ran a a, um, a single single vehicle rollover. Uh, I was like a Ford Expedition or something like that. Um, right after I got to work, it's 7.30, 8 a.m., something like that. And a mom um, is uh, driving her kids, her baby, and like the neighbor's kids or something to school. So she's got a Ford Expedition or something like that. And she's got seven people mm-hmm. in the car. She is also third trimester pregnant. And there's a baby in the back seat, one of the, one of the back seats uh, in a car seat, a, a, an infant. This is a single vehicle rollover that I rolled up to, right? First on scene uh, in, in an ambulance. Uh, the engine showed up r- uh, right behind me. Uh, she swerved out of the way of some vehicle, um, you know, rolls, sure. rolls the SUV. Uh, three or four people get ejected. Uh, everybody on that scene died except the uh, baby in the car seat. And so when I got up there and they were not workable, mm-hmm. there was no patients to transport. Sure. So we had seven DOAs on scene. A um, The mom is pregnant and this baby has no injuries whatsoever and is crying, ha- hanging yeah. upside down in this car seat. Uh, uh, and another unit transported the kid just in case, but there was absolutely nothing wrong with them. And um, there was four ambulances, I think, four or five ambulances that that got dispatched to this. And one of the EMTs, not a paramedic, was on this call and wasn't handling it too well. And he wasn't my partner. And so I only saw him for a couple seconds. And later on that day, I'm at the hospital doing a patient report for something else. I don't know who knows what it was. And the chief, the chief, dude, of the department, this is a huge County department. Mm-hmm. The chief of the department walks into the EMS room, starts bullshitting with me. And um, he's a pretty rugged dude. And I don't know, maybe he thought I was just like sleepy paramedic thinks, you know, that he's going to say something and I'm going to roll with it. And I don't know what the guy's name is. Let's just say his name is Bobby or something like that. And he's, he said, so did you see Bobby out there on that call this morning? And I was like, yeah, man, I don't think he was, I don't think he was taking it too good. He goes, well, yeah, you know, you seen one fucking dead kid. You've seen them all. He needs a fucking tampon. That's what he said to me. The chief said this to me. Mm. Now, you have to believe that that shit filters down through the department and gets to that, not exactly those words, but that sentiment filters down uh, to that EMT of, well, what do I do? I I have to go home Mm -hmm. and I'm 19 years old and I'm going to tell my friend or my mom or my who my significant other that I just saw six dead kids and a dead pregnant mom, and the sentiment that I picked up from everybody that I work with is ah yeah it's part of the job kid, you know that's what he picked up on and how that has affected that dude throughout his career I don't know but that support 
or that lack of support leads to shit like this sleepy paramedic sure. making these dumbass jokes. Sure. And it's all tied together. And it, and it, it, it starts at the top. Well, and, and what does that say for, uh, people that do need help? First responders mm -hmm. that, that are at a point where they are suicidal or depressed, they're definitely not going to bring it up the chain on how to get help. If not, if you work, chief, no way. Is is gonna say what are you some fucking you little girl? You make yeah. you a bow tie, you little girl, right? Like, dude, and and that's a you you know, and it's a it, at Monash. I know that one one thing that they're doing at Monash is they have a whole research department on the well being of the paramedic. I'm not really involved with it, but it's a it, it, it's something that's that's new and and studying more about empathy and compassion and burnout and suicide. I mean, how many names? How big would your list be if you say, well, let me write down all the people in EMS who I know that have committed suicide. I mean, mine's like 10, 11, or 12. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. names I could just recite. Well, not even, and that's it's not, not even just, I mean, su suicide's the, you know, the ultimate uh, worst outcome for mm -hmm. those. But how many other first responders do I know who have fallen into addiction, divorce, all kinds of unhealthy coping mechanisms. The, the behavioral like disengagement. Sure, I love sure. that line. How many how many times you go to work and there's people there who are they're just checked out, dude. Yeah. Maybe they're not drinking or doing anything, but they're just checked out and they hate their job. Yeah. You know, that do you think that has an effect on patient care? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it does. I don't I don't I don't think that there's a single person that could that would disagree with that statement. Well, either way, to, <clears throat> to, 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 wrap, to wrap it up, um, I, I want to make sure I'm on the same page. I, I don't think, I don't think that, that this incident defines who this, this guy is. I, I bet you he's a, I bet you he's a good dude. I Man, bet you people It's a learned like, behavior. This is a learned behavior. He learned this from somebody else and, and it, it's acceptable from right. his FTO and, and nobody has called him out on it and um and i think that he he's using it for clicks and likes and he gets mm -hmm. he he says something fucked up and people share it whether they agree with it or don't agree with it and it gives him a good feeling that you know he's got but i think he, it, i think it's, it's it's ironic that i don't know if it's ironic it's just or if it's just whatever but he he picked on the wrong community because maybe know, and sure. i haven't seen his other stuff he but but maybe he's told these types of jokes before but in this case the, the little person community, you know, didn't, didn't from an outsider didn't. looking in. So that, and that dude, Aubrey was, was, was right on point. Actually, I wanted to, I wanted to play the rest of that. Go back to that, 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 that Aubrey video, um, let it and play the rest of that. Yeah. Play, play the rest of this. My partner and I had responded to a call for someone who passed away. When we got there, the entire family was standing out in the yard. He's, he, he's got this kind of, uh, sped up. Go ahead, play. As you would expect them to. When we got inside, we oh, found the deceased really person good. in the back bedroom. Mm -hmm. And this person was three foot tall. Not a child, but a dwarf. And everyone at our service had always said, you know what? You never find a deceased dwarf. We really... The medical terminology for people who have dwarfism is either person with dwarfism or little person or short statured individual. We never I'm not just saying short statured individual. Doctors I'll say little person. I'm just yeah. saying dwarf or calling us and referring to us as dwarf. But he so says that something that's so on point at the end of this. He's not really educated when it comes to dwarfism. He's not really There's educated. A lot of little people out there. But what? You never find a deceased dwarf. We really think they're immortal. You just, they never get sick. They never call 911. We've never seen one. You never see a deceased autistic. Do autistics call 911? Do autistics. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Just being little people is not funny. Disabled people's bodies are not the basis of a joke. What about their intellectual? It's kind of weird. I've never ran into a dwarf in 12 years of doing this job until this day. Anyway, we were very professional. We went and told the family we're sorry. They're deceased. There's nothing that we can do. These are the next steps we're going to follow. We're going to wait for the coroner to show up. Really I'm fast. in the passenger seat where no one can see me, my partner's in the driver's seat, and in full view of the family. And of course, they're all staring towards us because someone just passed away. They dialed 911. They're all looking at us, making eye contact with my partner. Let me preface this next part by saying that, yes, I am aware that I'm an asshole, but it was really, really funny. Knowing full well that we had funny to who? Face, funny to who? Mm. Could see him. I played this song on my phone while staring at him like this. Imagine the family of that victim who this passed is... away having to see this video of the people they entrusted to take care of the body of their loved one, making fun of the fact that they were a little person.
Dwarfism affects one in about every 15 to 20,000 births every year. So that's quite a large number when you think about it. That's why I always say it's important to educate yourself on the other different types of people around you. I'm not proud of my actions that day, but anybody who does this job knows that you never pass up on an opportunity to fuck with your partner, especially when it's an opportunity that rare. I don't think Zach Kuckenberger is a horrible person, but I do this think posting content like this publicly and also working at a children's hospital where I grew up going to a children's hospital because of my dwarfism, that's concerning me. So I'm asking for Zach Kuckenberger to make a public apology clarifying his intentions for his video. If you're able to say stuff like this with your full chest, I expect you to be able to apologize with your full chest as well. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was I thought that was right on point. And at the beginning of the video, he says that this is I don't think that this is the best way to cope. So even though he doesn't know anything about EMS or paramedics, mm -hmm. he's probably read comments or something that people are talking about. This is how this is how you cope. And I love that it's he not. says it, this is this is this is not the right way to cope. And so in the end, I also don't care. Like, I mean, in the end, go ahead. <laughs> it, it, I don't want to call I, people out to have to apologize. Like, I don't agree with the you. I need this is what I need you to do is apologize. Right. For me, I can understand that. For me, it's well, this guy is a dumbass. I he he has showed me who he is. I'm just not going to pay attention to him anymore. Yeah. But it, maybe there he has a responsibility to use this as a teaching moment, which is also a good right. opportunity, you know. But. And yeah, and so I don't think that it defines who this guy is. Um I I certainly don't feel feel that way. Um hopefully it's it's one hell of a lesson in humility, just like it was when I got slammed through the wall 15 mm -hmm. years ago. Um and you know, maybe maybe this will just be a, a thing that he thinks back on and like, man, I used to think this way, but it's important for anybody else that's watching and anybody else that who, who came across this video because he's got a huge following because of the whole croissant thing. We're not going to get into the croissant warriors out there. You're saying it uh, wrong. Cro how do you say croissant? <laughs> we're, I, like I said, we're definitely not getting into that, but there, there are plenty of people. There are hundreds of thousands of people who probably watch that stuff that don't have anything to do with yeah. little people or, uh, uh, paramedics and they're reading the comments thinking that this is how people cope. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not how that's, that is not representative of the majority. Uh, and for the folks that do cope that way, it's not the right way to cope. And it eventually ends up leading to burnout and poor patient care. Um, and people need to take ownership of that and, and prove just like they would with anything else with their patient care. Those, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Lennon, let's go get a beer. I can do that. All right. See you next week. Goodbye.